you do get to trip and fall against Texas at home by double digits and still find yourself in a college football playoffs. The committee messed up big time. We will get to that in just moments. Be a part of Amber and Ian Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. If you're as hot about what the college football playoff committee did as I am, give us a call. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Aaron Goldhammer filling in tonight for Ian Fitzsimmons. Hello, Goldhammer. Thank you. Amber, I'm sorry that I'm standing in your way on this one, but I have no problem with what the committee did. I I understand Florida State fans being upset about this, but also I think that they put together the best possible television show. And look, I'm much more likely on New Year's Day to sit down and watch Michigan-Alabama than I am Michigan-Florida State. Well, you're wrong, uh, but... Before we get to why you're wrong, let's get to some of the other happenings right now around the world of sports because we are getting you ready for Monday Night Football on your television set. Bengals, Jags tonight coming your way. 8.15 p.m. kick on ESPN. When that game gets going, we will, of course, keep you updated on all of the action here. I mean, not a ton of juice to this one after all, right? You got the Bengals at the bottom of their division, the Jags at the top of their division. The season ends today. The Bengals ain't in. I don't expect the Bengals are going to be in. Their season went the way of Joe Burrow. Um, yes, uh, but I do think it is you know a seminal moment for the city of Jacksonville tonight. They have not been on Monday Night Football, Amber, in like decades, and I think it really shows that you know this has finally flipped. I think that the Jags now are one of the best teams in the AFC. I wouldn't put them in the top top tier. But I think part of them hosting this game is at least the league and television networks, namely ours at ESPN, saying that they're one of the biggest draws and a real contender to go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. When you look at like, you know, the Chiefs aren't the Chiefs quite anymore. And then when that opens up, it's like Baltimore and Miami and Jacksonville's just there kind of lingering. So I think keeping an eye on them as we head towards the playoffs is going to be interesting because they're going to be hosting a playoff game in that stadium. Is this true the Jags haven't been on Monday Night Football since 2011? That is true. That That is How is that There are kids having their bar mitzvahs in Jacksonville that have never seen a Monday Night Football game in their town. That is truly wild. I used to be a runner for Monday Night Football for ESPN when I was in college when it was in Jacksonville, when there'd be big games in Jacksonville since I went to college in Gainesville at the University of Florida. But lo and behold, apparently it has been a long time since they have found themselves in this time slot. Here we are once again. So the Jags will have an opportunity to show their stuff tonight. Also an opportunity to show their stuff. Just moments ago, we got the four Heisman finalists. No surprise who's headed to New York. You've got Knicks, you've got Penix, you've got Harrison Jr., and you've got Jaden Daniels. Those guys will be in New York. One of those guys is going to win the Heisman. So we will get into that. A little bit later here on Amber and Ian, the Monday Night Football Preview is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Okay, let me go ahead and address what you said about the College Football Playoff Committee because it's not supposed to be about who's going to put on 
the best television show. If that's the case, we could go ahead and just not play any of the games in the regular season whatsoever. We already know who's going to put on the best television show at the end of the season. Why not just slot in the biggest markets? Heck, let's throw Ohio State in that puppy, right? Just for ratings, if that's all that matters. What's supposed to matter is who's either the best teams or who are the four most deserving teams. And Ian and I, on Thursday night, which was the last time we were on air together, argued about this extensively before championship weekend where he kept telling me he had been on one of these mock committees, Aaron, and he said that they tell you, they instruct you, it's the four best teams in the country. Well, the problem I have with what this committee did is they neither chose the four best teams or the four most deserving teams. They chose some semblance of them both, and it's a mixture that's completely illogical. And that's the problem I have with this, because if you're choosing the four best teams in the country, it is very, very obvious that Georgia, in everybody's mind, is one of the four best teams in the country. If you're doing the four most deserving teams in the country, then everybody would agree. FSU is one of the four most deserving teams in the country. It can't be both. Both of those teams cannot possibly be out of what they did, and yet both of those teams are out. That's the problem I have. Okay, so so let me take you through the logic, because if you say Alabama won the SEC, beat Georgia, then they have to be in, and then you have to put Texas in because they beat Alabama. So otherwise, you're going to get killed on that head-to-head thing, which I understand. Washington has to make it because they beat Oregon twice, who the committee valued all year long. And obviously, it's a pretty good year for the Pac-12. It was kind of a gauntlet. I actually think it was a better conference than the Big Ten was this year. So then we get to the team that actually I would have been comfortable with them eliminating, which is the Cheaters up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. If you are going to eliminate one of these teams based on something, based on some criteria, you could argue that Michigan is the one that should be pulled out. But I hear Ian Fitzsimmons on this show tell me all the time that they have 20 draftable players on their team or something like that, and that they might win the national championship. So then, okay, I get those four teams because I think that they're going to provide the most compelling matchups. And I think that just overall, if you're looking at the teams that if we had a bigger tournament would probably win it, like those are the four teams that I'm looking at based on the way they're playing recently. Georgia, over the course of the year, I thought tailed off. And I'll say this about Florida State, Amber, winning all the games and all that is is impressive. The ACC it just doesn't really do it for me, okay? So that's part of it. They almost lose to Boston College. You know, some kicker makes a 29-yarder and they lose to Clemson, and they lost their quarterback. So when I add all that stuff together, I understand why they didn't choose FSU. Do they have a reason to gripe? Yes, they have a reason. But there were only four spots, and the reality of it is there were at least five, if not six, deserving teams. Yeah, but they weren't. there weren't five or six or even four undefeated teams, and that's the problem because you had an but undefeated they don't play the same team schedule. who had taken— they, Hold on, hold on. They, they had— But here's the problem with that argument, Aaron, because, and and again, I am a gator, like diehard gator. I hate the Seminoles, but if I'm going to be objective for two seconds, the committee says schedule out of conference games that are tough to help you out, right? Play your tough in conference games. FSU can only do so much. They have to create these schedules years in advance. FSU played LSU. FSU played Florida. Obviously, FSU plays Miami. They play Clemson. It is not their fault. They are getting punished for all the rest of us sucking. I mean, for, that's quite yeah, literally for, for what it is. In, like they are getting punished the for us. Best league. Yeah, their league was like they didn't even have Oklahoma 
Oklahoma State in their league. But we're not so, in the same league as them, and they played us. Obviously, a rivalry matchup. LSU is not in the same league as them, and that but, was a big win the, for Florida the, the, State, year, but they're getting chastised over LS, for it. A win over LSU should count, and I think that if Jordan Travis had stayed healthy, that Florida State would have made this playoff. Do you agree with that? That, that, that really the injury that, there. The other thing that would have helped them, Amber. problematic because then you're, 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 you're discounting the work of like 100 other players and coaches because of one kid. And it has led to Jordan Travis tweeting out, I wish I'd broken my leg earlier in the season, which is atrocious. And by the way, he's right. Because if he yeah, had, sh- sure. his team would be in the college football playoffs. Or if sure. he hadn't broken his leg, his team would be in the college. Like, it's, it's, it's abysmal. But, but, but did you <laughs> just discount 52 other Cincinnati Bengals when you called this kind of a lame Monday night football matchup tonight just because Joe Burrow's so- hurt and Jake Browning is going to be playing quarterback for Cincinnati? Like, the quarterback, of course, is the most important position. But can you and imagine? I bet you, if, I, I bet you if Quinn Ewers was still injured, I bet you if J.J. McCarthy was hurt, that it would have affected the selection of those other teams just the same. Can you imagine if some arbitrary committee was like, you know what? The Bengals aren't in. Like, let's just decide the Bengals aren't in because Joe Burrow went down instead of actually letting them play out the schedule. Because the reality was that it was a couple games ago FSU lost their quarterback. If the committee had such a problem with FSU losing that starting quarterback, then that is a decision the committee should have made when it lost its starting quarterback, which was Here's, before the Florida game, before the Louisville game. It's not even the FSU angle. It's the Georgia angle that bothers me just as much. Because, fine, you can make an argument that FSU isn't as good, even though, again, I think, that whole, I think the whole idea that we have to choose just like some arbitrary best and not actually who's earned it is yeah. so insane well, that's what, to that's me. That's why we're going to 12 teams, though. Like, there's right. a re- it, that we're, we're changing the we system because we all agree that this, the current system stinks. But it's you had totally. to play under the rules of the current system. And I think whether it was the second string Tate Rodemaker or Brock Glenn playing quarterback, I think FSU would have gotten totally annihilated in their semifinal game. And nobody wants to watch that. But Georgia had one loss in the last two years, and it was to Alabama by three points on a neutral field. I saw Alabama get their butts kicked at home to Texas. Mm. And I'm supposed to believe that that's better than what Georgia just did, right? By losing by three points on a neutral field. And that makes Bama... Like, I understand the head-to-head there if we're just comparing Bama to Georgia. But if we're comparing resumes, the resume for me with Alabama... Us just ignoring the Texas thing is problematic, which is why the committee let in Texas. Because, of course, that's a hugely problematic loss. So you have to let in Texas to try to cover up the whole loss. But if we're just talking about four best teams, there's not a team in this four that I actually genuinely believe is better than Georgia. And that includes the team that just beat Georgia. I mean, the team that just beat Georgia, you have to think is better than Georgia. They just played them. They just played them and won. If they play again and they play again and they play again, it's probably going to be a different result. What do you want them to do? Play a best of seven series like this is the NBA? Like in football, it's single elimination. Oh, by the way, sometimes the best team doesn't win the Super Bowl. Like that's part of the way football playoffs and the NCAA tournament, like sometimes great teams, you know, the Vikings went 15 and one one year and they ran into the Falcons on the wrong day and the Broncos kind of got a free Super Bowl because of it. This is all part of sports. They played the game in the playoffs. It wasn't some committee. They had to earn their way in. And injuries and who you play and when you play them, all of this matters in sports in general, not just when it comes to some subjective committee. Can you imagine if we just had some subjective committee decide who gets into the NFL playoffs? Are you as incensed as me, or do you agree with Goldhammer? Give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776+. 
plenty of NFL to get to on tonight's show as well. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama. Unbeaten Florida State and two-time national champ Georgia are fifth and sixth. Committee got it right. You had to put Alabama in. You could not leave an SEC team out. I'm sorry. If Jordan Travis was the starting quarterback for Florida State, maybe they get in. They probably do get in. They beat Georgia on a neutral site, and Georgia was the team, and Alabama just beat them. You cannot take Alabama out of this. They have to be in. The committee didn't have the goal to leave out the SEC. And they didn't have the goal to put in two SEC teams. Both of those things, frankly, would have been more logical than what they actually did. Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. Ian's running scared because, you know, Goldhammer, he's, you know, he's Mr. College football, I, I, right? I'm so. taking up this take for him. Like, I'm, yes. I'm sort well, of like his proxy. He can't be here while I'm railing against the college football committee. So that's why, I mean, he said he's sick, you know, but that's my guess. Like, he hasn't said it. I'm just reading between the lines, you know. Have, have you ever, have you ever, can I ask friends. you something? Yeah. Have you ever called in sick? when you weren't really sick to a job? Like, is this something... Obviously, we now have jobs that we love and we're with a great company and, you know, all of that. You wouldn't <laughs> and yada, that yada, blah, blah, blah. But right. have you ever called in sick when you weren't really sick? Uh, I don't believe I ever have. I am what you call a rule follower, Aaron mm. Goldhammer. It's, mm. it's a little boring. I mean, I break the rules. I feel pretty bad about it. I've normally played with inside the lines. How about you? Well, I worked for a title company in New York City the summer between my sophomore and junior year. It was a data entry job, and it was not a lot of fun, but it was pretty darn good money, and I needed spending money in New York. I was making, you know, at the time, like $15, $17 an hour, something like that. It was good. I was kind of raking it in. I had hundreds of dollars to my name. Um, and one morning, <laughs> New York City. I, one morning, I woke up, and I was feeling totally fine, but I'll never forget I was watching uh, – the, the former morning show on ESPN Radio, hosted by Mike Greenberg, who now hosts Greeny, of course, on uh, on ESPN Radio. And I wanted to stick around and see what they were talking about. And I totally picked up the phone and called my boss. You and went, called in sick to I watch said, Mike I, and really, Mike? Yes. I was like, wow. I, I, uh, <clears throat> so I'm really funny. not feeling so good. <laughs> I don't want to get anybody else sick. And I just lay in bed and watched ESPN News all day long. It was amazing. That's amazing. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't think I ever have, but also I've had a lot of jobs 
that I am scratching and clawing and working for free for. <laughs> so uh-huh. it's kind of the opposite of being out like broadcasting, you know, not so many opportunities to call in sick. Oh, I had I some like bad always- I, I had catering. I worked in a science lab once because I thought I was interested maybe in doing something scientific or going to medical school. I worked at a tennis club, but the the catering jobs were the hardest. I mean, those were just a grind. Like, that's real manual labor that I am not built for whatsoever. (laughs) I wasn't going to say it, but I'm glad you did. I worked at a lot of ice cream stores. Uh, That was my Mm. claim to fame. There you Mm. go. So if you need to know anything about, you know, TCBY, Baskin, Robbins, Ben and Jerry's, I got you. College basketball is back. Tune in tomorrow night for the Jimmy V Classic at North Carolina Takes on UConn, followed by Florida Atlantic battling Illinois. Coverage begins at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are taking your phone calls on the embarrassment that is what the college football playoff committee did we'll see if you agree with me or Goldhammer seems to have no problem frankly with what they did Grant is calling us from Louisiana Grant is joining us on the Dr. Pepper call in line hey Grant what do you have for us what's up Grant hey how's it going guys yeah look at the end of the day if if who I'm frustrated with is if I'm Georgia and I'm sitting home listening to everybody say we're taking the four best teams, are either one of y'all picking Michigan or Washington over Georgia? Nope. Well, Mi- Michigan, I actually think there's a very strong argument to be made. I do think Michigan is genuinely, when we're just talking talent on the field and personnel, Michigan to me is easily one of the four best teams in the country. I'm not picking Georgia over Washington. I'm not picking Georgia oh, over Texas. Th- th- this, I mean, let, te- let me, Texas over Georgia. Sorry, I, 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 I'm not picking I'll, Washington I'll over say, Georgia. I did not think, and Grant, thank you for the call. I thought that the two previous Georgia teams were better than this one, uh, Amber. I mean, this one didn't have like four NFL defensive linemen on. I mean, they've got some good players, don't get me wrong. But those teams, like line of scrimmage, they looked like a bunch of men amongst boys in almost every game they played. Um, And if Georgia's got a gripe, they at least, unlike Florida State, which I can understand the complaining there, they at least had a game that they could have won that not only would have put them in, but would have made them number one in this whole thing, which was against Alabama the other day, and they went out and lost it. So I I don't, I don't, I'm not going to stand up here and stump for Georgia when they lost a game three days ago that they could have won to get them in the playoff. But they would have been better off losing earlier in the season and also losing by double digits, which is what Alabama did, which is what I think is so stupid about it. Like Alabama can lose at home and get their butts handed to them at home on their home field early on and that's okay but Georgia can't lose in a championship setting by yes. three points after winning every other but, game but, on an SEC schedule yes. all season long and by the way the entire season before that and then by the in in conclusion they go from one to six because they also somehow end up behind Florida State in these standings as well I mean the whole thing just doesn't make sense because so, of where Georgia, Georgia, Georgia would have been better off losing to Ball State or UAB, yeah. which were two schools they than played Bama. non-conference. And if they'd have run the table in the SEC and beat Bama the other day, they'd be in the <laughs> college football playoff. Crazy. That is yep. insane, and you are right. Yep. Jacob is calling us from Montana. Jacob, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thanks for taking it. Um, I kind of feel like we're in a situation of our own making as far as college football. You know, we allowed the BCS selection committee to pick just two teams for years and years. Now we're in a situation where we just pick four teams. I think um, there's really no no great solution in sight until next year when we're at 12 and 
Um, I think that's that's going to be the golden number. But unfortunate for Florida State, great for Bama. I don't like either. Let's go Buffs. <laughs> <laughs> so is that a, that's a Colorado Buffaloes reference there? It Deion must, Sanders, it must be. Yeah. If Deion Sanders was the coach of Florida State, because this is what Stephen A. Smith said today, if Deion Sanders is the coach of Florida State, does Florida State make it in? No. no. You still don't think so? I, I don't think coaches, I don't think that that really – you know, I, I guess they, it's ratings. He rates CU, though. He's CU big was a TV fun, CU was a fun story for September, but they were not driving any television ratings at the end of the year when they were getting blitzed by the likes of Washington State and Oregon State and teams that, you know, don't move the needle anyway. So they were a fun September story. Um, but I don't know if you replace Mike Norvell with Dion if it if it makes a difference to the selection committee. I, I think they want the most compelling games on the field. Not the biggest name coaches. I don't think that really matters a ton to them. Well, and people keep making the compelling matchup argument based on what happened to TCU TCU last year as well. But that happened in the national championship. They yeah. did beat Michigan on yes. their way there. So it's but hard that, to that argue also that they was shouldn't a totally, have been at all. But that was a totally unwatchable, unlistenable game. I remember, I think I was on after that game. And it was like, what even is the analysis here? We went to the podium and the coaches had like nothing to say. It was 65 to 7. Coming up next, we're going to transition to the NFL, but you can always chime into the conversation. Triple eight, say ESPN. There's a theme to the music tonight. Rachel Robinson often does a show within a show. Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons. So make sure, Aaron, that you are listening closely. I already forgot what the song was last segment. This is the problem. I'm very bad at this game, so I'm relying on you because I'm also bad at even paying attention <laughs> close. I, I pay attention to the songs, but then I, I forget them. I know that Rachel, them. for no reason, did play Girls Just Want to Have Fun at the end of the last segment, she, so I don't know right. if that has anything to do with the theme, but I'll, I guess that I'm factoring accident, it in. But, okay. uh, that was an accident, but that will come into play later. <laughs> <laughs> she's just yes. trying to throw throw us off. She's keeping us on our toes. This game from Rachel Robinson. You can find him at Hammer Nation nineteen. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Amber and Ian is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. In about forty five minutes from now, we will have the Bengals and the Jags squaring off on our televisions on Monday Night Football. When that game gets going, we will uh, keep you updated on all of the live action here on Amber and Ian. But let's talk all things NFL. For that, we bring in our friend Herm Edwards, ESPN NFL analyst. And coach, let me start with college with you because we've been arguing about it already a lot tonight with the college football playoff committee did. Obviously, you coached at that level as well. So if you were the coach at FSU right now, if you were Mike Norvell, how would you be handling your school going undefeated and being left out of the college football playoffs? Well, I think he made a statement. It was very, uh, very clear how he felt, and, and probably a lot of people feel that way. But I think now that's that's done, uh, and I think what they have to do now is focus in on who they play. And you think about this, really, uh, they're playing a team in Georgia that was what forty-one and two in the last three seasons. So you know, when you're Florida State, um, I think the last time they went fourteen and zero was like in two thousand and thirteen where they actually won the national championship. So you got to turn the page. You, you, you can't keep crying about it. It's done. You're, you're not going. Uh, it's a shame. You won 13 games and you feel like you've been slighted. Uh, but you think about the people that do the voting that are in that, in, in that building. You know, they don't think like coaches or players. 
coaches are always talking about when somebody goes down, this guy's got to st- you know step up. We got to do the team deal. This is how we're built. That's all. That's all fun and good, but we know that it's more than that when it comes to uh, <laughs> the playoffs in college football. It's kind of interesting, you know, when you think about what happened to TCU. Um, I think a lot of those people felt like because they lost the quarterback. Now, if they'd have lost the receiver, an offensive lineman, not a problem. But they lost the quarterback. And so when you lose the quarterback, they're going, how's this going to look? How would this really look if they're playing with the third-string quarterback? And what's interesting is they decided to let Georgia play Florida State. Kind of interesting. So when the game is done, according to who wins, and a lot of them are probably pulling for Georgia, and hopefully Georgia, you know, they're probably pulling that Georgia beats them by 21 points, and they can justify in their mind why they didn't let them get, let them get in, the, in the playoffs. Yeah, it'll be interesting if Georgia or Florida State is really dominant in that game, whether one of the <laughs> polls will vote them national champion, and we could somehow in this day and age have an argument about a split national championship. Coach, let's go to the NFL, talk about this game tonight. Um, the Jags have a really good record, but not a lot of buzz about them. Do you see them as a legitimate yeah. Super Bowl contender? Oh, I don't know that. I, I think, uh, you know, we had high expectations for the Jags uh, earlier in the season. And they struggle some. I, I think they found their sea legs, and they are much improved. And the way people, you know, in this league now, it, it, every, every week um, we feel good about a team and we don't feel good about a team, right? I mean, now if you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, everybody's scratching their head, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> I think the Jaguars are a team that won eight games. Can they uh, host at home? I don't know that. Uh, we'll see. But I think we do know this. This is the part of the season you like. There's five games left. Um, all of them are important for all those teams trying to still win divisions or get home field advantage. Uh, it's important. I think the league has a good product in the fact that every conference, there's about one or two teams that have an opportunity to either win the division or get in as a playoff team. Coach Herm Edwards joining us, Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Ian tonight. You mentioned those Eagles. The Niners destroyed the Eagles mm. yesterday, 42 to 19. It's an overreaction Monday, coach. So, of course, a lot of people now have the Niners as the best team easily in the NFL. Are you one of those people who's close to them? Well, I said last week, uh, I ranked the teams in the NFC, and I said it was the San Francisco, it was Dallas, it was the Eagles. <laughs> You know, uh, that that's how I felt it. It, it all shake, it shook out in, in the Detroit Lions. I, I think uh, San Francisco is one of those teams. The, the way it beat up uh, Philadelphia yesterday, it was not so much that Philadelphia lost, but the way they lost. They 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 were a more physical foot. They they beat Philadelphia up at the line of scrimmage. They were a tired team too in the second half. You know, this is the team, the Eagle team, that played 97 snaps the week prior. So I'm not making excuses for them. San Francisco was the better team, and I think if you look at the NFC right now, you would say San Francisco is the most consistent team. Now, you didn't say that when they lost three in a row. But now they find their way back. Their players are healthy. They're playing well. They have a game that travels. They could run the football. They play good defense. And that's where they beat Philadelphia up. I mean, Philadelphia couldn't tackle anybody in the second half. Coach, I wanted to bring this up with the guy that uttered the phrase, you play to win the game, okay? Why did I ever say that, right? Well, well, listen, (laughs) Coach, there are some backup quarterbacks in the NFL as I'm watching Mm. Jake Browning warming up right now for Cincinnati. And, 
You know, I saw Flacco play yesterday for the Browns, (laughs) just as an example, and I'm like, man, what were the Jets thinking over the course of the last number? Like, you have to do whatever you can to win the next game the next week. What are you seeing when you watch backup quarterbacks go in the game who, you know, it's not their fault, Coach, in my opinion. I think it's on the organizations that put guys who are not qualified to be out there in harm's way. Well, this is why this that quarterback position is so unique. It has even become more in, in today's game. You know, in the league that I played in, and I, you know, we wore face masks actually when I played, but it was a running game. Yeah, it was a running game. The, the runner dominated the game. Now it's the quarterback, and when you have a dual quarterback, a guy that can actually run and throw, then you got a problem as well. But there's no doubt about it. Look, the quarterback makes this game great. Um, you would hope that every team now not only would have a starting quarterback, but a number two quarterback. That when you lost that starter for whatever reason, maybe a week or two, maybe not the whole season like Aaron Rodgers, obviously, you'd have a backup guy. Because when you don't have a quarterback, when you do not have a quarterback, the field is actually 150 yards long. It's hard to make a first down. We've seen games where you watch teams this year in the National Football League that don't have quarterbacks. It's hard to watch. It's hard. I mean, it is hard for fans to watch. Think how the players feel. Think if you're a defensive player and you're with the New England Patriots right now. And that defense is playing its heart out. I mean, it's playing as hard as they can play. And they just can't score any points. Herm Edwards joining us here on Amber and Ian. Aaron Goldhammer filling in tonight for Ian. Uh, the Packers, they looked like they had a quarterback mm-hmm. yesterday yeah. in Jordan Love. Uh, the Chiefs, we know they have a quarterback coach, but that offense didn't look so great in Green Bay. Should there be concerns there for the Chiefs offense? Yeah, they're not they're, they're not very explosive right now. You know, This is a team that averaged, what, uh, 29 points last year. They're averaging about 19. They started out hot, but now all of a sudden they're 2-3. and three. Um. And still, there's a lot of youth there with those receivers. They've dropped some balls at big moments. At times, they're not on the same you know, wavelength that, that obviously the quarterbacks are in right now. But here's the problem. When you're the Kansas City Chiefs, and you know, you're, you're obviously a Super Bowl winner and all the things this team has accomplished, you get the best effort every time you play from the opponent. You know, and that's, that's daunting. That wears you down. It wears you – week in and week out, it just wears you down. Every time Kansas City Chiefs come to town or, or you go to their place, you are up to play them. The first game of the season, they're losing to the Detroit Lions at home. And no one, no one anticipated that, to go into Kansas City and beat those guys. But you're going to get everybody's A game because you're the Kansas City Chiefs. And they're struggling a little bit on offense. Now their defense was, was carrying them for a while, and now their defense all of a sudden is getting worn down. So – It'll be interesting. They'll be there, you know, when it's all said and done. But the AFC is very interesting conference with all these quarterbacks getting hurt all of a sudden. Coach, I thought Andy Reid did a pretty good job of maintaining his composure last night. But that oh. was about as blatant a pass interference as I think you could possibly have. How different uh. is the conversation that a coach has with the official on the field after a play like that versus what they're saying at the podium after the game? Well, I mean, you know, you're, you're going to go at him, but you don't get the call back. And so there's no need going at him. I, I think the more, you know, the, it, it, it's kind of interesting because basically most of the head coaches, they know who these officials are. You know, and, and they know, look, they're getting graded as well. 
that was a call that obviously everyone looked at and said, you know what, this is pass interference. I mean, we get it. I mean, we get it. I mean, I thought the hit to the quarterback running out of bounds might have been a foul they didn't call. You know, so they miss one every once in a while. And when you have a tight game, you can go back and look at that stuff and say this. But this is what happens. When, when you're winning, you get those calls, right? When you're not, <laughs> you don't seem to get those calls. <laughs> it's, just, it's just kind of interesting how it all works. It, it all weighs out in the course of a season. But the Chiefs are struggling. You know, they're struggling some offensively. We expect more out of them. We certainly do. There's still some games here left to play, though, for them to get right back on track. Coach Herm Edwards, he's never off track. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> Thank you much. Enjoy the game. Coming up, ne- coming up next here on Amber and Ian with Aaron Goldhammer, the in-season NBA tournament, the quarterfinals tonight. We will get you ready for everything you need to know. Amber and Ian is also uh, is ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. doing a lot of football on tonight's show we will continue to do football because of course we've got monday night football coming up and it's always football time around here at espn but it's also the nba in season tournament the quarterfinals are underway tonight aaron goldhammer filling in for ian fitzsimmons espn radio is presented to you by progressive insurance you can find him at hammer nation 19 you can find me as well at Amber W Sports real quick before we get to the NBA in-season tournament because Rachel is doing a show within a show, our associate producer. And so she's got a theme tonight with the music. I have no idea what this song is that we're listening to. I See, this is what just I'm said that you this. wouldn't know this song. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I have no it, idea. At first, I thought it was Ooh, Baby, I Love Your Ways, you know, by the, uh, there was like an 80s uh, song. Yeah. I don't know if anybody really wants me to. I got a little bit of a singing voice. I, I, know, I know what really, you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know that you guys want to hear it right now. Uh, but I know there was a <laughs> twist and shout earlier. Uh-huh. Um, like the Beatles twi- version of Twist. So um, I don't know how these songs connect. If you think you know, Amber gave you our handles on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it, at Amber W Sports and at Hammer Nation 19. You can send us a message, try to figure it out by the end of the show at 10 o'clock. Eastern. Just so you know, it was knocking on heaven's door. Oh. Was, was the song I Which just I do, I do know that song, but I guess I didn't. It kind the of instrumental like, oh, intro. Baby, I love I your ways. Yeah. Well, yeah. they don't always uh-huh. come up with uh, That's what I thought it was. new compositions, right? Uh. Knock, knocking on heaven's door. Okay, let's move on and talk about the NBA in-season tournament because first quarter action right now between the Seas and the Pacers, and later tonight you've got Pelicans and Kings. This is your in-season quarterfinal heat tonight, if you will, Goldhammer, because this in-season tournament has been much more of a success than I thought it was going to be. People have brackets going on. People seem to care. Certainly the players have cared a lot more than I expected, frankly, in its first year. You know, it's kind of an interesting mix because Boston is definitely one of the best teams in the league and is going to be competing for the NBA championship. I don't expect Indiana to be there. But if you're a Pacers fan, I understand getting totally into this, playing your first game on TNT in years since like the Paul George era, right? I don't know that they've been on TNT nationally or, or maybe, the, you know, it was there a year of Victor Oladipo, but it's, it's been like five, six years since you got a piece of the national spotlight. So it's fun to see the Lakers and the Celtics, but it's also kind of fun to see the Timberwolves and the Kings and the Pacers and some of these up and coming teams that don't get a lot of national play 
get a little feel for the national stage as we go through the quarterfinals. Yeah, I mean, the problem for the Pacers tonight is it's stiff competition on the other end of the court, right? The good news is it is another way, like you said, to highlight a team that is a good team. The Pacers swept through Group A. Tyrese Halliburton is just on an absolute tear this yeah. season. Yes. Uh, he's averaging more than 25 points and 10 assists per game. Just the eighth player in NBA history to do that if he's able to keep that up. It has him flirting with an entry to that 50-40-90 club to boot. He is having one heck of a season so far. It's early on, but that's exciting. And so to see those kind of guys on a bigger stage than we would ever otherwise see in December because so few people turn their attention to NBA until after Christmas because of football, because of the competition, because early in the season and everything else that's happened, frankly, with the NBA, with load management and yada, yada, and just so many NBA regular season games. This has been a good way to sort of just increase the attention span, I feel like, of people and during a time that you wouldn't necessarily otherwise have it, but also highlight some of these guys that deserve it frankly uh, on you know uh, Saturday night on ABC we'll have the in-season tournament final which is something to watch normally that first Saturday night with no college football when you're watching the Heisman banquet and everybody kind of knows who has already won the thing like this will be an exciting little uh, piece of added sports content you know as you go through the end of the NFL season to have a little something on Saturday before bowl season gets going so I'm definitely into that I'm trying to find the um the equate what it would equate to uh, and I think we have to go through the full in-season tournament before we get a feel Amber you're a fan of the Miami Heat as everybody knows um, and so let me ask you this would you rather win a draft lottery or the in-season tournament draft lottery in an average year like not a Wembenyama lottery like a like, debatable like first I- pick <laughs> Like, would you rather have your team win the draft lottery or win the in-season tournament? Like, what would you celebrate more? I mean, the draft lottery. But I'm also talking about a Heat team that just took Hawkes Jr. at, like, 18th or whatever, and he looks like the next coming. So I can't imagine if they actually had a top three pick what that guy would look like in that system. So at this point, my answer would still be draft lottery. Now, does that change at some point? Because I don't think that... This was about this season. I've been surprised at how quickly that the people have bought in. And and frankly, the players have bought in and NBA fans have bought in. I don't know if it's bringing in eyeballs from the outside in. Like you and I are already watching the NBA this time of year. Anyways, because both you and I are basketball fans. I don't know if it's bringing in somebody who wouldn't otherwise be yet. But I think it gets there. And so I think that this is a long play by Silver in the NBA, where they see how it works over in Europe with with soccer, obviously. They see how that rates with the next generation. And they think we're going to bring this excitement. We're going to fix some of the problems of sort of a long season, which nobody wants to give up because of TV dollars and money. And, And so this is a way to do that and make the NBA more exciting on the front end. I think that it's going to end up working. And I think that we can sort of already see that, frankly, even though I think it's a little too soon yet. I'm not going to go ahead. And I mean, you you quite literally just sent me a picture of the trophies tonight for the first time. I bothered yeah. to look so, at so what the all, trophies yeah, but look We're all like. kind of learning as we go here. But look, on that last night of qualifying, when teams were trying to win by 30 to jockey for point differential, I just judge it based on what my friends are texting me about, right? We all have kids. We don't get to see each other as much as we want. So we're all on text message threads. And my buddies, you know, are texting as as a Cavs game is coming down to the end. 
here in Cleveland to see can we win by enough points to qualify for a wild card spot in the in-season tournament. Normally, nobody would be talking about NBA there. Then I listen to Unsportsmanlike in the morning, and I flip on First Take, and I watch Get Up, and I watch all of our shows. There's just a lot more juice for the NBA heading into this thing in December than you would normally have. The other point I will make is that it appears the TV ratings are pretty darn good, that they're better for in-season tournament games than your average NBA Wednesday or Tuesday night early in the season on ESPN or on Turner. So I think already that is showing you that there is at least some boosted up interest for this thing, even though we haven't even really hit the crescendo yet in Las Vegas coming up this weekend. It was a Tuesday night. We were watching starters play 48 minutes and everybody was losing their minds. It was an average Tuesday in November in the NBA. And that is not something I could say at any other point in the history of the NBA. Look, the season is too long, Amber. Like to go... Listen, it starts in October when Too I'm long. wearing shorts in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. It goes through fall, winter, spring. And when it's I'm still summer, wearing shorts It's in summer again. Yeah, I know. Shut up. <laughs> and finally back to summer again before the NBA season is over. So they've got to plan out some other stuff for us to watch. Otherwise, it just is an interminable season. It should be 60. 82 is far too many games. It diminishes the importance of all the regular season games. It amplifies the problem with load management. It should be 60 games. It should not be 82. In the seasons that we have had shortened seasons because of lockouts and everything else, we've seen how much more exciting it is. That being said, it ain't going to happen because even the players don't want to give up money. Money. Nobody wants to give up money, and taking it from 82 to 60 means a whole lot less money for everybody. So what do you do? You do this. And you see what works. And I commend out. And I'm not always one. You paint the court blue and off you go. <laughs> hey, and off you go. I'm not always one that commends Adam Silver at every turn. But this was a good strategy by the MP- NBA to try to implement this. And so far, it feels like a success. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, who was the best team in the NFL? We'll find out. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app.